When is the last time you led someone to Jesus Christ? That's important. There's opportunity everywhere. The store, the beach, the mountains, everywhere you go, there are people that are lost. They need Jesus. You got the message. We have the answer. That we have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Welcome to another week of Bible study with us. Reflecting on the remarkable ministries of the earliest believers, we'll get inspiration to see how the Lord equipped these ordinary people to spread the gospel. Stay with us for assurance that when you seek out witnessing opportunities, God will empower you with the strength of His Holy Spirit and the authority of Jesus' name. Let's listen as Raul Reese begins today's lesson. Well, if you have your Bible, turn to the book of Acts, chapter 8. And we're going to be dealing with one of my favorite writers, Paul the Apostle. I can really relate to Paul. Stephen has just died. He's become the first Christian martyr. As Paul the Apostle standing by. And when I think of servants of the Lord, I think of Paul's background. For example, Paul was born in Tarsus, as we will see here in Cilicia, according to Acts 22.8. Secondly, he was born a Roman citizen. A Roman citizen, according to Acts 22.25-28. Then he was, notice he was a tent maker. He never ever asked for money. He never left up other people. He knew God gave him a gift in making tents. Stephen was a great example to Paul. He never thought that Peter's death would bring him to his knees. He starts out here. His name means little ones, Saul. He says, was consenting to his death. So we see Paul, the hatred that he had for Christians here. The attitude, look at it, Stephen, he says, the time a great persecution rose up against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. First of all, this was not only led by Saul as a Jew, and then secondly, God is using this whole situation of the gospel of Jesus Christ to proclaim who he is. And thirdly, Jesus in the church today needs to be persecuted just like the church was persecuted. We need to have true faith. As that people in the kingdom of God were scattered throughout the regions of Judea. What is God doing? He's beginning to say in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world, the gospel will go. God has used this church in South America, Chile, Peru, Colombia, Argentina. And it's so cool because we started in our home with eight people. And Paul the Apostle, like you just imagined, as he's standing there as a Pharisee, maybe one of the 72 of Sanhedrin, but he really hated Christians. He really hated Christians. He was religious and did not have the second R, a relationship with Jesus Christ. A lot of people today have the first R, religion. But we need the second R, relationship. 
That relationship can only come as I submit my life to Christ. Fully, completely. But then we see also that here, the source of the gospel that he's preaching is a gospel that gives us hope. Gives us hope. Every one of us. It brings salvation to my life. It's a source of faith in my life. It's a source of life. It gives to me eternal life. It's a source of immortality that I'm not afraid to die. I'm looking forward to death because as I die, I'll be with him forever and ever and ever. It's a source of affection and it's a source of peace. The peace that passes all understanding. All understanding. And as we see Paul here when Stephen is stoned to death, he says in verse 2, And the devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. Over him. Probably those that buried him were pious Jews that knew him and took him and buried him. Verse 3, And as for Saul, here he is. And as for Saul, he made havoc of the church. Notice, he refers here to the destruction that Paul was bringing to the church, entering every house, dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Paul didn't play games. He had this hate for the church. We see on verse 4, therefore, because of this, what we just talked about, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word of God. Underline that, memorize that. That's your duty. That's my duty. We need to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. To preach it. The word that he uses here for everywhere is in Acts here is for the word missionary. We need to be missionaries. See, another evidence of God's, not only his love and God's control over my life, over the church, it's the preaching of the word of God. Wherever I go, I like to preach the word of God. I don't get up on a bench or whatever and say, you know, start screaming, yelling. No, you preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, first of all, by your life. How do you live your life? That is so important for each one of us. To be men of God, to be women of God, to be saints, to be holy as he is holy, the Bible says. And we see in verse 5 that here now, the first missionary mentioned here in Scripture Notice, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded these things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. They kept their eyes on him, watching what he was doing by the power of God. Are people watching you? What do you do in your life? When you lay hands on a person, what happens? When you're reading the Bible, how does God speak to you? I think that's real important because we are supposed to be light and salt in this world. He says, For unclean spirits crying out a loud voice come out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. The power of God and his authority in the name of Jesus. Man, I've seen demon-possessed people be set free. I saw it in Thailand. I saw it in China. I've seen it in South America. I haven't had to deal with it here in America much. 
But imagine you're praying for someone. I was in Colombia one time with Erfurl, my father-in-law, and we're walking down the street. And you know how you see these street people today? Carrying their bags and the whole thing. Well, I was walking down the street and this guy was next to me. He saw me and he started screaming and running. And I don't know why. So I started chasing him. <laughs> so I started chasing him, see what he wanted. Hey, what's the matter with it? And he just looked at me and he said, man, Jesus. And then he left. And I couldn't catch him any longer. Hey, the demons know who you are. The devil knows who you are. And you need to understand that he can't do nothing to you. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, Satan. In verse 8, he says, And there was great joy in that city. Man, there's nothing like the joy of God in your life. Not happiness. Fruit of the Spirit, joy, peace, love, gentleness, goodness. All these things that we possess as believers. When they saw the hand of Philip, Touching people, praying for people, and they were getting healed. They stood back and they had joy in their hearts because God was moving. He says again, notice verse 9. He says, but there was a certain man by the name of Simon. Here is God working, and then you have this little guy that is in the occult. He's like a little witch. He loves doing things by the power of Satan. That when he sees what God is doing to fill up, he goes, man, I'd like to have some of that power. He goes on to say in verse 9, But there was a certain man by the name of Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great. He already had a chip in his shoulder. I am the great one. Verse 10. To whom they all gave heed. Notice that. Simon claimed to be what? United with God. Now watch what he does. In whom they all gave heed from the least of the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. No discernment. Man, God help us to have discernment. To recognize these people on TV that are asking for money and fleecing the flock of God. People that say they're Christians and they bring a bad name to the Lord Jesus Christ. And do things they shouldn't be doing. Because the Lord not only sees, the Lord keeps records. And this person here, he thought, well, you know what? I'd like to have that power. I have power, but I'd like to have this power that he not only has Philip. He goes on to say again. This is pretty amazing. In verse 10 again, he says, To whom they all gave heed from the least of the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And I wrote here down also. The early church fathers claimed that he was one of the finders of Gnosticism. You see, this was a word that not only was used, the word great here, to designate a Jewish God. Jehovah, Yahweh, Elohim. That's who the real God was. But he did not believe in the real God. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. For resources to strengthen your faith and guide you in living out the gospel, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. You can also join Raul on his YouTube channel Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. Now let's get back to more of today's message. Verse 11, And they heeded him, notice, Because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. Imagine, you have somebody in your city, 
You know them for a long time. Everybody goes to them. They burn candles. They reach your palms. They take out these cards and they do all this and things that are happening. When you don't realize that this is Satan. He's demons. And this person doesn't have the power of God, but the power of Satan. And when Simon began to see Philip and the miracles and the wonders, he said, well, maybe I can have that and maybe I can get more people to follow me. In verse 12, but when they believed Philip, as he preached the things, notice what it says, the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. The message of our Lord had been the gospel of the kingdom of God. And what's so cool here is as an evidence of their faith, what were they doing? They wanted to be baptized. Baptism doesn't save anybody. When you get baptized, it's because you say you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We take you to a pool or we take you to the river or we'll take you where the sharks are. You'll love that better. <laughs> and what's so cool is that we'll take you to the water and then we'll ask you your name. We'll ask you how long you've been in the Lord. You'll give a little testimony to us and we're going to take you down. And we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's a picture of the grave. It is so cool because when you take you down, it's a picture of death and resurrection. Death and resurrection. And I'm so glad when God baptized me. Because then after you accept Christ and you're baptized by water, then you can get baptized by the Holy Spirit. It's so awesome. The inexperience, the within, and the upon experience. Man, we need it all. We need Acts chapter 2 every single day. Now, watch what he says again. Let me go back to verse 13. And Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles and signs which were done. So what was his sign? He was looking at the signs. The signs, the wonders, and he thought, wow, man, this is great. Can you imagine who I will be? Verse 14. And now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter John to them. It means that not only it's necessary to commission, notice to commission someone. Peter and John went to Samaria. We need to be commissioned as you receive Jesus Christ and Lord and Savior. Where does he want you to preach? Where does he want you to go? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the outermost parts of the world? I remember when I got saved, I started going to the high schools. Baum Park High School was my first high school. I went to high school there. And when they kicked me out the first time, I waited two weeks, and then I came back. The vice principal and the principal, I played baseball for us in high school. And they didn't believe me until two weeks later. The Lord told me to go back. I went back, and they gave me permission to go in the actual lunchtime and sit there and talk to the kids. I was 24 years old, and they started throwing milk cake. I said, Lord, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I was just a new Christian. But you know what? As I began to just pray, I went to Bassett High School. I went to Glendora High School, Azusa High School, Northview High School. I went to all these high schools throughout the week. I have my own business, my comfort business. And it was so cool because I would go at lunchtime and you can see the Holy Spirit. God began to take his kids and begin to save them. 
And as he began to save them, the Lord began to work in their lives and through their lives. And that's what God does. That's what he did with Peter, James, and John, and all these guys. What is he doing with your life? What is he doing in your life? When is the last thing you led someone to Jesus Christ? That's important. There's opportunity everywhere. The store, the beach, the mountains, everywhere you go, there are people that are lost. They need Jesus. They need Jesus. You got the message. We have the answer. But we have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That as I receive him as my Lord and Savior, and I'm reading and praying and developing and maturing the word of God, I become stronger spiritually. And I don't ever want to go back to the world. Satan comes along every day. And I said, the Lord rebuked you, Satan. I'm not going back to the filth of the earth. I'm not going to be like the dog going back to his own vomit or like the pig that was washed down and went back to the mud. I'm not going to do that. I hope you don't do that either. Honor God's word. Recognize who Jesus is. And check this out, verse 15. This is so cool. He says, who then they had come down, Peter, John, notice. And what does he say? He says, they came down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Notice that. They came down. What's the first thing? They prayed. Prayer is so important to pray. And I have found in my own personal life, I'm not just trying to say this, that what I found out in my personal life is the first thing I wake up in the morning is, is good to end up on your knees. And as you get on your knees and you pray and you wait, and as you get ready to go to work or wherever you're going to go, make sure you spend some time reading the Word of God. Read through the whole Bible. You know, choose a couple of chapters. You read a book, go through the whole book. And then when you do that, you're leaving your home, you're leaving with the whole armor of God. If you don't do anything, you open the door, you leave, don't cry out and say, the Lord, he allowed me to get all these things. It's your fault, not God's fault. You deserve it. Don't come to God crying because what? You didn't spend time with him. You didn't pray. You didn't wait. So how can he defend you? His grace, yes, his love, yes, but he's told you exactly what to do. Do it. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. None of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by water. By water. They were not sprinkled. But then verse 17. Then they lay hands on them. Notice that the confirmation by faith. Believing in the Lord. And they laid hands on them. And they received the Holy Spirit. Power was given to them to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to overcome sin. Overcome sin. I love that. To overcome sin. In conversion, three factors. He's with you, he's in you, and he comes upon you. Verse 18, then Simon, so that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given. So you notice he's watching everything. He offered them money. Hey, I'll buy that gift from you. You can't buy it with money. You can't buy it with money. It's free. But you have to be born again of the Holy Spirit of God. I love that because here I wrote down, it says he offered them money. Notice how you cannot buy the power of God. It is freely given to those that have faith and walk in holiness of God. Free gift of God to each one of us. 
and saying, verse 19, Give me this power also, that anyone whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. You see, he was all doing it for self. He wanted the credit. He wanted the attention. How many people out there want the attention? Pastors. Leaders. When self is supposed to be dead, not alive. And that's what God's called us to do, to be dead. And these guys receiving the Holy Spirit, and Simon here wanting to bring attention, having the power that the disciples have. Verse 19, in saying, give me this power also, that anyone who I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, let your money perish with you, because you, though that the gift of God could be purchased with money, he says, you're nuts. There's no possible way. The gift of God cannot be bought. Never. Peter rebukes him. People like that need to be rebuked. Because the Holy Spirit cannot be bought. It is given to us freely. Freely by God. Verse 21, you have neither part nor portion in this matter. He's getting rebuked. Simon, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Underline that. How is your heart in the sight of God? Is it okay? Or is it like Simon? Repent. Notice, repent. Repent. Therefore, of this your wickedness. Again, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. God's grace, God's love. Why don't you call upon God? God will forgive you. Repent from your wickedness. And pray to God, if perhaps... The thought of your heart may be forgiven you. Don't continue in that state of hardness. Repent. And then verse 23 says, For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. If you don't get your way, you become bitter. It's not your way, it's God's way. In verse 23 he says, For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. And then Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me, that none of these things which you have spoken may come upon me. Hey, Simon, why don't you pray? Why don't you pray? The problem is Simon didn't want to repent. Didn't want to really repent. Because if I'm truly repentant, I don't have to have anybody pray for me. I can go directly to the throne of God. I love what he says here, verse 25. So when they had testified and preached, that's Peter and John, he says, the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem preaching the gospel in many villages of Samaria. The gospel is starting what? Its journey to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. The Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, 16 to 20, is now being accomplished. We've seen today that while there was nothing remarkable about the believers in the early church, God used them in a remarkable way to spread the hope of His gospel. We hope you've been moved to step out in faith and follow the Holy Spirit's leading to share the love of Christ. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to hear today's program in its entirety, just call us at 800-634-9165 and ask for Raul's teaching from Acts chapter 8. 
we'll send you an unedited version for a donation of $5 or more. Now, we'd also like to equip you with Raw's insightful four-part series focused on the third member of the Trinity. Available on both CD and a USB thumb drive, this resource will help you see how the Holy Spirit can work in and through you to accomplish mighty things in Jesus' name. To order this reassuring study, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your four-message Holy Spirit series on a flash drive for a gift of $12 or a CD pack for $19. Our number once again is 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We'd like to remind you that this is a listener-supported ministry. We value your faithful partnership in spreading the blessings of God's Word through these programs, and every contribution is tax-deductible. Next time, as we continue this inspiring study of the early church in Acts, we invite you to join us. We'll explore the dramatic conversion of the Apostle Paul— We'll get a challenge to respond to God's call on our lives by listening for the Holy Spirit's leading and then following in faith. Here's Raul with a closing comment. I love what he says here, verse 25. So when they had testified and preached, that's Peter and John, he says, the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem preaching the gospel in many villages of Samaria. The gospel is starting what? Its journey to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. The Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, 16 to 20, is not being accomplished. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.